God the Father, Jesus, his Son, and their love of the Holy Spirit be upon you today, friends. Thank you for joining us on, you guessed it, Trinity Sunday. And we have a special guest with us today who's going to offer the reflection, someone you've heard before, Father Jim Cormack. He's also a Vincentian priest, a brother of mine, lives with me in the same house. And uh, Jim has graciously not only said yes to our reflection today, but also to become a part of the team and offer his own reflections on Scripture every month on the God Minute. So... We are blessed. (laughs) Thank you, Father Jim, for being with us. Thanks to all of you for taking the time today to just quiet your spirit and to let the love of God touch your heart. Trinity Sunday. Father Jim, I give it over to you. Welcome. Thank you. And it's very good. It's really good to be a part of something that is really good. So Trinity Sunday. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This gospel passage gets great notice every Sunday in the fall. A sign in the end zone seats is almost universally present. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Touchdown. Now recall today on Trinity Sunday, most of us use our principal Trinitarian sign, the sign of the cross, frequently, some if not incessantly. We sign ourselves as we enter the church recalling our baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Many sign themselves after receiving communion. Why, I'm not sure. We begin and end Mass with the sign of the cross. Our prayer and worship is embedded with Trinitarian reminders. Yet, gratefully, the power of our Trinitarian faith remains, for most of us, for me, a mystery. And for me, and for many, a somewhat befuddling one. Now, I recall in my younger days, I'm now ordained 47 years, preaching on Trinity Sunday about the mystery of the Trinity, one God, three persons, was a tough task. Today, I'll let the scriptures speak directly, but instead, at the beginning, I want to come first to our experience of the mysteries of our faith, to mystery to the immense privilege and the task of belief. Life is a problem not to be solved, but rather a mystery to be lived. I'm ascribing this quote to the existentialist philosopher Gabriel Marcel. It is a truth, I think. Mystery. Our encounter with God is beyond our full understanding always something that beckons us to be embraced in its immensity, its untouchable fullness. 
the mystery of God that burns with more intensity than phosphorus does, but it does not harm. It warms and conquers what what can be so cold and dark in our living. Mystery, never to be possessed, always to be more than me or mine. It is for the simplest and the youngest, to the most experienced and the erudite. Mystery is for all. I'm sure you know those aha moments that bless our lives on occasion, a glimpse of the presence and the power of the divine. What to do with those experiences? Let me contextualize. I'm a fixer and a problem solver. Now, I've been told that awe is powerful and necessary to really live and to fully live. But truth be told, I don't trust awe. Getting blown away, I think, is way oversold. I'm more about life, let's get down to work, get down to earth. I got this. Keep it simple. Some days I even think I understand. And yet, I know that today is a feast of awe, of aha, those moments which will always catch me off guard and unaware. Some moments from my own life. I'm thinking of some prose from the author Wendell Berry about aging and wisdom. Wow. I'm thinking about the first glimpse of the Grand Tetons as you travel north out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Wow. I'm thinking of the first I am remembering at baptism, the smile of an infant so innocent and so freely given, so filled with life and promise. Wow. What do I, what do you do with mystery? the awe-filled moments, the aha. If we are wise and trusting enough, we let it wash over us. We revel in the surprises, the beyondness that comes with salvation, that comes only because God is, and all that is manifests the overflowing and faithful love that is God. And this love binds us together as one with one another at the very core of who we are, made in the image of the three-in-one, ever beyond our full understanding and capabilities, always calling and urging and beckoning us to more. Trinity, a mystery that leaves us at wow, knowing there is more to say and know, but words and concepts are just not adequate. Yes, faith is an overwhelming privilege and an overarching task. Mystery so always beyond us, so powerful, yet what might we be without it? Surely smaller, afraid, divided, lost, condemned? So risk awe, risk mystery, Let it be that you might be. Since I'm a fixer, let me then end this with something practical. I'm asking you, 
sometime today, stop, be still, be quiet, be calm. And then close your eyes and see love. Open your heart to feel creation at work all around. With hands open, accept compassion and mercy. With mind calmed, be enlightened by wisdom so great it must surround us anew every day. By hope so full, it pulls us toward eternity. Let mystery today engulf you. And then, get to work. Change the world. Or better said, grow with this world filled with the presence of the three in one. Imagine that. The line from Father Jim's reflection that really hit me is when he says to risk awe. I love that. You know, let yourself be overwhelmed with God's love and presence in your life here today. Risk it. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, Father Jim. I am so looking forward to more of your sharing with us as a part of our God Minute family. And friends, thank you for joining us today. And may God's blessing go with you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a beautiful day.